return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. We're going to just kind of continue to go right along with what we talked about last week, understanding the Word of God, part two, and I'll do a little recap. But we talked about understanding the Word of God, and we're told in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. So we want to make sure that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to help us understand the Scriptures that we're reading. Amen. The, the, the Bible, especially the New Testament, is, is supposed to be looked through in the, with the lens of the New Testament filter. Amen. So we have the Holy Spirit as New Testament believers. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us, uh, and He wants to help us have revelation of what we're reading, of the Scriptures, of the, of the Word of God, of the will of God. Amen. And in Corinthians, we, we looked at it, talks about that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. And the Holy Spirit, if it lives inside of us, that means that we can search the deep things of God with the Holy Spirit's help. Amen. And we don't do it through our intellect, but we, we do it through the Holy Spirit who bears witness with our spirit, that we are, in fact, children of God. Amen? Uh, Jesus, remember, he did a lot of, he, he told a lot of parables, um, you know, when he was just talking to people, because they didn't have understanding. Well, now we have the ability to understand, amen, his word, so we can read it, and we can read it plainly, amen, and we can understand because of the Holy Spirit, because he gives us that revelation. Hallelujah. We also talked about, uh, continuing to ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding and revelation of the Scripture. When we're, when we're persistent, we allow no room to be disappointed by not getting the answer. Amen? As we can stay consistent, as we ask and continue to ask, uh, knock and continue to knock, seek and continue to seek, we're going to get the answers in, in, in different things that we are wanting from the Holy Spirit. Amen? He wants to help you. He's not trying to uh, he's not trying to leave anything out as far as uh, revelation that you're trying to receive. Amen. He has good things for your life, and he wants you to understand the word. Amen. He wants you to have, have uh, a good meaning. Because why? Because we're called to preach the gospel. If we don't understand the Bible, if we don't understand what we're reading, then it's, it's a little more difficult for us to tell others about what the Bible says. Amen. And of course, just fundamentally, the foundation of Christianity that Jesus loves you. Amen. He loves us. And so any, any one of us can go out and we can preach that gospel, the good news that Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for your, for your sins and he rose from the dead. Amen. And so he wants us to do that. He wants us to continue to have this understanding. We talked about just like the neighbor who goes to his friend in the middle of the night and asks for bread. The Lord will not hold, withhold the desires of our heart according to his will. From us because of our persistence. So just in the Bible when he talks about the friend goes to his neighbor and asks for bread and, and, and uh, in the middle of the night and the neighbor says, I'm not going to get up because I'm sleeping. I don't want to, I'm, you know, I'm dreaming, whatever. But because of his persistence, the neighbor will get up and give him bread. Because of our persistence, we get these answers from the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Amen. Hallelujah. We want to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. We don't want to just dismiss things that we don't understand, but search the scriptures for understanding. Amen. Uh, one of the things that you hear a lot, that I've heard a lot, is if somebody's maybe going down a wrong path, they say, well, I don't feel convicted about doing this, whatever the case may be. But if you're not in the Word, you're not going to feel convicted, right? So as we're in the Word and we're getting understanding of the Word, He's going to direct us into the path that He wants us to take, in the path of righteousness, amen, the narrow path. And so that's what He wants us to do. He doesn't want us just to say, well, I don't understand it, so I'm not even going to touch the subject. Um, as a pastor, I certainly don't want to do that. If I don't understand something in the Word, I want to, I want to dig in. Lord, I want to understand this so I can give it, so I can say it to your people. So I can accurately describe what you're saying or what, or what one of your apostles are saying in this passage. Amen. And so we want to continue to grow and continue to understand these things. Ephesians 3.17. I'm going fast just because I'm trying to get through it uh, as far as the recap. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And so we see verse 18, that we see in verse 17 that we're rooted and grounded in love. But then in 18, he want, Paul's just, his prayer is that we understand with all the saints the width, length, depth, and height. And in this passage, in this context, is of his love. Amen? And really, again, the foundation of, of Christianity and, and, and following Jesus is love, is a relationship with him. Amen? So if we can understand that part. If we can understand that, that we're under, you know, the Bible says that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And on those two things, we hang all the laws and the prophets. Everything that was in the Old Testament, all the commandments they had to do, everything that, um, the sacrifices they had to make. If we just love people and we love God with all of our heart, um, we're fulfilling the law in the Old Testament. Amen. And, uh, and so he's called us to love. And so he wants us to know that love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And it says that he's able to do, to do exceedingly abundantly, above. We talked about last week that he's not just doing above, he's not just doing abundantly, but he's doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power from heaven. No, according to the power that works in us. Amen. There's this power that Jesus, when he came into our life, there's this power and this authority that he has that just exudes from us if we understand who we are. Amen. Understand our identity in him. And when we understand our identity of him, in him, we can, that power that works in us goes forth and it does exceedingly abundantly in our life and in other people's life. Amen. Only with Christ can we comprehend the width, length, depth, and height um, of his love. Maybe some of you have heard the story of Pete Maravich's father, Press Maravich, coached college basketball many years ago. And uh, one practice, he took a basketball and he said, this is how much there is to know about the game of basketball. And then he had a, a marker and he drew a circle and he said, that's how much I know about the game of basketball, this little circle. And then he put a dot in the middle and he said, that's how much you know about the game of basketball. Amen. So 
when you think of God's love and all there is to know about Him, it's, think of it as it's it's almost it, it is infinite. Amen. It's infinite because there's so many, there's so much good that He has for us. Um, but we're just scratching the surface. No matter how long we've been a Christian or how long we've you know uh, we've we're we've been on the earth, we're all just scratching the surface because there's so much. Amen. Just the tip of the iceberg, and so we all have room to grow. Uh, we all have room to just uh, want to know more about Him. I know Kenneth Hagin, you know, even even in his ministry, you think of all the miracles that he saw, and just you know, there were times where he would just talk to the, talk to Jesus in the Spirit during one of his messages. And even Kenneth Hagin, you know, there was revelations that he got late in life that he had no idea about when he was when he was younger. Amen. And so it doesn't matter who you are what your status is or anything like that, we can all learn uh, a lot more. Amen. It happens through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We always want to be learning and growing. I want to increase my faith tomorrow so it's greater than today's. Amen. My faith, I, you know, we have talked about it last week. He's changing us from glory to glory, one level of glory to another. Amen. And he wants us to have a better life tomorrow than we even have today. Amen. And he wants us to grow in that faith. And we, again, talked about last Sunday that we increase our faith, increase our faith by hearing the word of God and doing the word of God. Hallelujah. James 2.17 says, That's also faith by itself. If it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. And your faith really is an action, isn't it? So I can have faith. I see the chair. It looks pretty sturdy. And I can say, I can, it probably hold me up. I have faith that'll hold me up. But if I don't act on that faith, well, I'm never going to know for sure, right? What does the Bible say about faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So when we put our faith into action, and no matter what area of our life, maybe it's healing, maybe it's, uh, we prayed this morning about, family members that need a miracle, anything like that, as we put our faith into action, it becomes this substance of things in the spirit realm. Amen. Things that we hope for. And it becomes this evidence, hallelujah, of things that right now we can't see. So if, I'm, if, I'm, um, if I need healing in my body and I don't see it right now, faith is saying, spirit, Activate. Amen. Activate in the natural so I can see it. Amen. So I can have the evidence of what is happening in the spirit already. Because the Bible says Jesus died on the cross. He says that he, he said that he um, he took our stripes. He took his stripes for our healing. Amen. By his stripes, we were healed. So in the spirit, we're already healed, even though maybe it doesn't look like it in your physical body. But as we increase our faith and activate our faith, in that, amen, we start to see the manifestation in the physical. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then we talked about being doers of the word, as James tells us in James 1, 22-25. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forget what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And I think that deception, you know, it says in, in, in 22, um, be doers of the word, not hearers, deceiving yourself. 
And this deception is, I think people say, I don't have to do the word because I know it by hearing it. I've heard the word, I know it, I have this knowledge of it, but the deception comes as saying, I don't have to practice it, but I just know it. No, he wants us to practice the word, amen. He wants us to to do the word. He wants us to get the word and the understanding deep inside of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Recapped. Praise the Lord. So today I want to talk about um, another part of understanding the word, and that is dividing, rightly dividing the word, discerning the word. Amen. So we can we can read the word and we can do the word and we can get this understanding. But something about the Bible is is there's context to things that we read. Amen. And the Bible fits together. You know, it doesn't contradict itself. It fits together. And, uh, and we don't want to say, well, this is how this verse reads, so I guess that's how it is. Okay? People build complete doctrines on one scripture in the Bible that aren't true, that aren't right. Okay? So there's context to the word. An example. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. We read last week. It says, it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. So let's just take verse 9. If we just read verse 9, we would say, wow, I, we, we can't see, we can't hear, we, we don't even have it in our heart, the thing that God has prepared for us. Wow, it's amazing. But if you look in verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. So this is a context thing, right? If I were just to stop and believe me, when I, when I was younger, I did stop at verse 9. I didn't, under, I didn't have the understanding, the context. But if we just stop at verse 9, um, really we're, we're telling ourselves that, well, we can't even, you know, there's not even, why should we even try? Because we can't understand it. We, it hasn't entered our hearts. But verse 10 goes on to say that he's revealed those things to us. Amen? So people say, well, God works in mysterious ways and, Maybe somebody says they worked through a car accident or worked through this or that, um, and he did that. But he's already revealed the things that he's prepared for us through his Holy Spirit. Amen. And through his Holy Spirit, we know that he, the things that he prepares are good things. He uses good things. Amen. Uh, John says that he pruned us through the word. He doesn't prune us through physical things, physical attacks or anything like that. You know, the Old Testament, you think about all the physical things they had to do. They had to do the sacrifice. It was an outward external thing, sacrifices. And they had to do burnt offerings. And um, they had to, uh, you know, when they, were, when they were healed, they had to go wash in a pool or they had to wash in the water. And so all these things were external. Well, in, the, in the New Testament... Everything that happens is internal, right? When it first starts out. So, when I just mentioned healing, it, our hearts, when we're, when we're centered on Jesus, um, happens in the Spirit. It's internal. We can't see it, but we know that He's healed us because of the Word. Amen? When we become saved, it's not this external thing. I mean, our actions are going to change, but it happens in our heart. Amen. Believe in your heart. Um, uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You'll be saved. So, in the New Testament, 
we don't have to go, we don't have to make these sacrifices. Although we've talked about tithes and offerings, we do tithe and we do things in physical, but as far as, as far as how we honor the Lord, it's all about our heart. Amen? God looks at our heart. You know, in the Old Testament, they could make a sacrifice um, or an offering for a sin that they committed, and they didn't have to be sorry about that sin at all. Why? Because God was looking at their sacrifice, right? I mean, that was the law. The law was put in place so that they could, there, there could be some sort of way they could be cleansed. Well, because we have Jesus, amen, because he died on the cross for us, he rose from the dead, and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, amen, the Bible says, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and clean you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? And so, again, we talk about the context that God has revealed these things that he's prepared for us through his spirit because the spirit searches the deep things of God. If someone just reads verse 9, it throws off the whole context of what Paul is saying. Right? Another one that I often hear is, well, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one, right? And uh, you say, well, that's an Old, scripture, Old Testament scripture. Well, but it's, it's quoted in the New Testament, right? Because we're not righteous. And I wanna, we're going to read this whole thing, again, for the context. I can't talk about context and not read this whole part. Um, but if you look in Romans 3, verses 9 through 26, we're going to break it up a little bit. I want to show you how long a thought might be in context, okay? Might just not be a couple verses, but maybe 10 or 20 or maybe a whole chapter, or maybe a whole book to get the context of what the Bible is saying. So Romans 3.9 says, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all, for we have previously charged both Jew and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it's written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have, turned be, uh, ter- they have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Uh, verses 13 here. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Are you feeling good yet? Uh, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. He's talking about you. Okay, so that, that's us, right? That, that's, that's us right there. Well, let's go to verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, Now we know that whatever the law says, okay, so what he just quoted is the law. Okay, that, that was under the Old Testament law. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become guilty before God. So again, talking about the Old Testament law, right? If we even go, go back, he says that um, we have previously charged both Jew and Greek, right? As it is written in the Old Testament. So, uh, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So again, we're talking about the Old Testament law. And we can't be justified through the law. But then we go to verses 21 through 26. And it says, and these are two key words, but now. Amen. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Again, so, when we, what we read in 9 through 18, yeah, that was true at one point. But now the righteousness of God, okay, so God was in the law, the righteousness of God was in the law. 
And we've talked about how the law, when we came into the New Testament, it left all the curses behind in the Old Testament and it brought forth all the blessings and the benefits. Amen. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God. Okay, so we talked about how we're not righteous in verses 9 through 18, how that was previously. But even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So if you have faith in Jesus, amen, the righteousness of God is to all and on all, amen, who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so again, we can stop at 23 and say, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, I'm a sinner, man, I just, I'm not going to make it. But if we continue to read verse 24, says that, yeah, we've, we've fallen short of the glory of God, but we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation for his, by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. He passed over the fact that we weren't righteous. He passed over the fact that we didn't understand. He passed over the fact that we didn't seek God. Amen. Sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So we weren't justified through the law, but through Jesus and our faith in Jesus, now we're justified. And you know what it means to be justified? It means that we don't have a fault, right? Like, you know, if you, if you, uh, you, know, you, you make a decision and you say, well, I was justified because of this. What does that mean? I'm in good standing because A, B, and C. He made us in good standing with him because of Jesus. Because of our faith in Jesus, he said, he said, uh, uh, he said Randon, is, he's clean. He's good, right? Amen? So that's, again, I, I said all of that to say, we really need to look at the context, context of the word to understand what the Bible is trying to tell us. Amen. You know, when I'm, even when I'm studying, um, if there's a scripture that the Lord's given me in my mind, I always just look at the chapter because I don't want to miss something. Even if I think it means one thing and I, and I reread it and think, oh yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't fit the context of what I'm trying to say. It's true, maybe, and maybe it's a really good word, but I'm not going to use it because it doesn't fit the context of what I'm trying to get across. We always want to look at the context of what the Bible is saying. So you can read verses 9 through 18 and think Paul means one thing, but then read verses 19 through 26 and find out that he was actually telling us that you are righteous, <laughs> that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? If you read in 1 Corinthians 5.21, again, we go to another verse that puts this whole scripture in context. You'll find out that we're actually the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, in him. Amen? So, it's very important not to just take a couple of scriptures and run with them. You don't want to just take one scripture and say, well, I'm going to base what I believe around this scripture. Because the Bible, again, fits together. Amen? We always want to be open to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say uh, in our life. One more quick example. Matthew 7, 7 7-8. The Bible says, ask and it will be given. Um, and I forgot to give this in the back, I think. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. 
knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. So I ask the question, does that mean that everything we ask from God we receive? We don't, do we? Let's go to James 4.3. And the Bible says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay, so we have a scripture in Matthew that says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. Because everyone who asks receives. But the part that we want to, again, keep in context, and, and we have to go to a whole other book of the Bible, right? But we're going to ask according to his will. We don't want to ask amiss, right? So if we ask for something, maybe, maybe it is selfish, or maybe it's something that um, isn't according to the will of God. And the Bible says, ask you not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasure. So again, context, okay? Context of the word is so important. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. We just need to have understanding of the scripture. And again, through the Holy Spirit. We can read the Bible through thousands of times, um, but if we don't have the Holy Spirit helping us rightly divide the word of truth, um, we're going to have a lot of head knowledge, but maybe not something that's going to get deep in our heart. Amen? Let's go to 2 Timothy 2, 15. The Bible says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun uh, profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and um, Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. So I want to break this down just a little bit. It says, We want to be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Okay? So how do we, how do we present ourselves approved to God? Well, we... we we take his word and we allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to dwell in us and to read it with us, amen, and understand what we're reading. Presenting ourselves a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, you can read, you know, think of when, when Jesus was, was tempted and, and Satan came and he said, uh, and he was giving him scripture about, well, you know, just throw yourself off of this tower um, because... He's giving you and your charge over you, and lest you dash your foot against a stone, they'll carry you up in their wings, right? And Jesus said, no, it's, no, it's written, you know, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God, right? So, so Jesus, so the devil uses scripture, and he'll use scripture in your life to get you off track. He'll use scripture out of context in your life that we know the devil is a liar and the father of it, so he's not going to completely be 100% truthful to you whenever he speaks to you, Right? But we have to rightly divide the word of truth. And it says, um, we want to rightly divide the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Their message will spread like cancer. And I think of somebody who takes a scripture out of context, whether it's, um, whether it's uh, they try to do it or they don't. Maybe, maybe it's by accident. Maybe they, they really think that this is the case. But, the Bible out of context can spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth. So I think, you know, just, just what I think probably happened is Hymenius and Philetus, they took something from the law, they took something from what they read, 
And it says that they say that the resurrection already passed. Now, do I think that they were, you know, it doesn't say, but I don't think that they were trying to be misleading, right? I mean, they, the, what, they, what they said, they probably believed. And it says they overthrew the faith of some. Why? Because they misinterpreted one scripture and they took that scripture and they ran with it. Okay? And that happens today. There's ministries, uh, ministries that I know that have split because they disagree on something in the word. Why? Because some, somebody takes just a little part of a scripture or a passage and they say, well, this is it. You know, maybe you've, you've heard um, there's, there's uh, something that people say that all Jews going to heaven. All Jews are going to heaven. And there's a scripture in, in the New Testament that if you just read it out of context, it would say, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, that seems right. But just remember when Jesus talked to Nicodemus, or, yeah, Nicodemus, Nicodemus was a Jew, and he said, ye must be born again. To go to heaven, we must be born again. But you have, you have a segment of Christianity that say, no, uh, the Jews are God's people, all Jews are going to heaven. But as you read the context of the scriptures, and you understand, and in, in, even in, in the New Testament, the Bible talks about how we're Abraham's seed through faith, amen, You'll start, to, you'll start to know, like, wow, maybe I believed this before, but as I read and as I put scriptures together, I can see that maybe I was wrong. You know, there's things that maybe I, I preached three or four years ago that um, I would preach so much differently today. Why? Because I didn't have the understanding, you know, as I continue to read the word, I didn't have the understanding three or four years ago on a certain issue that maybe now I'm like, oh yeah, the Lord's revealed that to me a little bit more. I understand a little bit more of what He's of what He's saying there, right? Why do you think people go off on strange doctrines? Most of the time, it's because they've taken the Word of God out of context. And and you know, I think, and it's again, it could be honest mistake, but sometimes we take the Word of God out of context to fit our thinking, right? If we maybe walked with the Lord a long time. And, and we think we know a lot, and we take something and we, and we think, well, I have to be right about this because I've, I've walked with the Lord, right? And maybe we take it out of context, and, and uh, we say, well, this is what I think, and so I'm going to make it fit what I think, rather than changing their thinking to fit the Word of God. And that's what we want to do, amen? Every, all the time, when, when, whenever we're reading, whenever we're praying, Lord, help me understand the scripture that you, how you want me to understand it. I don't want to fit God into a box, into my, my small brain. I want to be open to have him uh, reveal things in my life that I never knew I could. That's right. I want to make sure that we're, that we're aligning our beliefs with the word, not aligning the word with our beliefs. Amen. Hallelujah. We constantly want to ask the Lord to reveal things to us in his word to help us understand more of the gospel. And why do we want to understand? You know, so we have that we can have this understanding of the word. And uh, and I was asking myself, just as I was even going through this, like, well, why do we want to understand the word? You know, is, do I just want to understand it so I can have all this, so I can say, uh, yeah, look at me, I look how much I understand. Well, a lot of what I understand is just personal between God and I. You know, I'm in a position where I can, I can share things. 
um, revelations that I get. But you know, a lot of a lot of it's just like, wow, Lord, you're so good. Like, you know, there might be something I just got revelation of that you've had revelation of for years, and there might be something that you just got revelation of that I've had revelation of for a while. Okay, so it's not a, it's not this um, who can have more understanding of the word. But I really like what David said in, in, uh, in Psalm 119.34. And David asked, he said, Give me understanding, a teachable heart, and the ability to learn that I may keep your law and observe it, observe it with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Why do we want to understand the word? Well, one, I want to please the Lord. I want to I keep his word. I want to I keep it. I want to be, um, I know I'm not going to be perfect, but... Um, we can, and we're going to read a scripture here, but even Paul says, I haven't attained it, but we will continue to strive for this maturity, for this perfection in him. Amen. And so we want to continue to grow in Jesus because we want to please him. We want to honor him. Amen. Because he loves it when we ask questions. He loves it when we search the deep things of God. Amen. Grow in his love and grace so we can have a better understanding of it. And it's exciting because the more understanding that we have and, and, and uh, you know, we want to be saved and we want to go to heaven. But again, what the Lord's called us to do is to go out and preach the gospel, to go out and preach the good news. Amen. And so the more understanding we have, the more we can go out to, to somebody else, whoever is in our um, workplace, whoever is in our school, whoever is in our town, and we can have a better revelation to say, no, God is really good. No, God didn't cause that to happen in your life. He, he wants good things for you. Amen. Amen. No, no, Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus came to have life, to give you life. He wants you to have life. He wants you to have abundant life. He wants you to have a good life. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he wants good things for you. He has good plans for you. Amen. What does it do? It encourages. Amen. It wants, you know, it... it, it Puts Jesus in a good light, right? Because not that he he needs it, but sometimes he just gets you know he is he gets dragged to the mud, right, and stepped on his character. And as we read the word, we see wow, he has perfect character, very good character, and he he loves us so much that he wants us to succeed and not to fail. Last scripture here, and we'll close. Philippians three. 12. And Paul says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So he's saying he's not attained it, but he's going to continue to press towards that understanding of the word. He's going to continue to press towards that high call. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he's saying that, yeah, there's some, there's some things I didn't understand when, when I was younger, right? There's some things that I did that I'm not proud of, but I'm not going to focus on those things. I'm going to focus on where Jesus is taking me now. Amen. From this day to the end of my days, I'm going to focus on how can I please him? How can I mature in him? Amen. How can I... Uh, love him more? How can I show people his love? So continue to gain understanding of his word. Continue to 
you know, there's so many, it's amazing, there's so many resources out there. You know, even, even just to look at a word in the King James, the New King James, and, uh, and say, well, that, that doesn't seem to fit with the character of God. Go to, the, uh, go to Strong's Concordance. Research the word. What does it really mean in the Hebrew or the Greek? There's so many things that we can do to, be a, a, to, to study to show ourselves approved of God. Amen. To do our research on the word. Things that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you to different things that is just going to blow your mind. Amen. I know Bill, Van, uh, Bill Vanderbush came one time and he was talking about um, a scripture that says, uh, um, when the enemy comes in like a flood, we lift up a standard against it. And one thing that he had found in his, in his studies, his research, is that, you know, in, in the, the Hebrew, there was no, you know, comma. I mean, there was no chapters and verses or, you know, different things like that. And so sometimes the translators would put a comma in somewhere that makes sense, right? And so in, in the scripture, it says, um, when the enemy comes in like a flood, comma, we lift up a standard against it. And what he found in just in his research and his studies is that the comma really should go after when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, we lift up a standard against it. Amen. Amen. And so just even just little things like that can completely change the meaning of a verse, you know, in your in your heart. And and those some of those aren't aren't doctrine, you know, they're not going to change the doctrine of the scripture. They're not going to change, you know, the gospel. But it could give you a better understanding of the power that you have. It could uh, give you a better understanding of who you are in Jesus. So we want to continue to gain understanding. Continue to press towards perfection or maturity through Jesus. And as we understand his word better and better, we can be confident that he's right there with us. We can be confident that we are children of God. I love that, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is when, uh, is when the Bible says that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Wow. Wow. The Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So we come in, we, the Bible says we go to the throne room of grace to get help in the time of need. And the Lord's like, who's this? And the Holy Spirit says, no, he's good. I bear witness with his spirit. Amen. We want to help him. We want to continue to grow. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we thank you that even, even right now, Father, that um, as we even just, just think about and meditate on things that you say, that you're giving us these revelations. You're giving this, uh, these, uh, this understanding of your word in a powerful way. Father, even, uh, you know, as you, know, you speak to us through anything, Lord, you speak to us through worship. You speak to us through a message. You, you speak to us through blessings, Lord. We just want to praise you and honor you, Lord. I pray a blessing on everybody that's about to leave this place to go about their day. Lord, that, um, that, that you just give them an opportunity. Give them, give them an opportunity to, uh, to be a witness, to be a, a good testimony to somebody, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray for Pastor Dave and Jeannie again, just even as they lay down to sleep right now, Father, that you give them a peaceful rest, Lord, that they can continue to do the work that you've called them to do. And for us here, Father, we thank you that you've called us to go into all the world, which might be across the street, which might be in our workplace, which might be in our school, 
um, wherever, wherever it is, Lord, that you've called us to do that, Father. And we thank you so much for this awesome responsibility you've given us. We are here for such a time as this, Lord, and we don't take it lightly. We don't take it lightly. We thank you that we can continue to honor you by just, uh, by just getting to know you better, knowing your love, and then showing your love and grace to people, Father. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's working. He's working. Amen. So tonight, 6.30, Levi's uh, sharing here at the Tabernacle. Have a great rest of your day. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.